Hey folks, welcome back to the Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Ayers. And in this podcast, we want to share mentorship to learn how to hunt, fish, and gather wild food. Our goal is to reduce barriers and create an inclusive and welcoming community for all folks who want to learn how to eat wild. So join us as we share stories, ethics, adventures, and knowledge about a way of life that's rooted in eating wild. Hey folks, welcome back to the Ramtastic Adventure Part 2. Alright, so you kind of got the rundown as to how we made out on our trip and the logistics and the effort that went into it. But one thing you'll notice in Part 1, we didn't really break down the actual hunt stories of, of the rams that eventually were taken on this trip. So, And we were actually kind of like even throughout the whole trip we didn't actually share our individual sheep hunting stories with the different groups we kind of waited till this moment when we were had the time to to really tell the story properly until at once and and have the recording equipment available so that you could um follow along with the with the hunt story so that's what this episode's all about You'll hear the Tusker story and the Gentleman Ram story were held up at the Super 8 Hotel, uh, or I like to call it, what was it, the um, the, the Super 8 Spa and Retreat in Fort St. John that was a, an oasis after a week of hard work in the mountains, and we were able to uh, stop in there and take care of uh, ourselves and take care of the meat and uh, rest up for a couple of days. So we had some time to break out the podcast machine and, and uh, you'll hear the story coming up here. Now, of course, this podcast is brought to you by the West Coast Kitchen, dehydrated backpacker food. It'll nourish your next adventure for sure. And I also want to give a shout out to our friends at Seek Outside. So I had Kevin Tim, the, the owner and founder of Seek Outside on the podcast, um, well, a couple months ago and uh we got talking about this trip and and he recommended that I go ahead with the the one of his packs which is designed for sheep hunters who go pack rafting so he's up, so the bag that he recommended is called the Brooks 7400 it's designed uh it's a very simple pack they're extremely lightweight and they're super tough bags but the pack design is waterproof and uh, so it's great for, you know, bumping down the river and then running up the mountain. It's the ideal pack. So I, I, I used this um, Brooks 7400 on the trip and uh, it was an awesome pack. It's like super comfortable, super lightweight, uh, definitely more simple design than I'm used to. Not as many pockets, not as many bells and whistles, but what you sort of forego in terms of sort of convenience, you gain back and durability and, and, uh, and just that high functionality of just being dry and comfortable and, and, and for sure, this pack went through the ringer in terms of packing heavy-duty loads down the mountain. So yeah, awesome, awesome pack. So looking forward to getting to know more of their of their stuff. I've got an Eolist uh, backpack tent that I'm excited about trying out on our next adventure, and you'll hear no doubt in uh, in in future podcasts and previous podcasts of us um, hanging out in our 
the uh, Seagate Man uh, teepee tent, which has been kind of a lifesaver and also just a super comfortable hang. So anyways, super stoked to be um, running some of their gear and, and uh, yeah, happy to be testing some some other stuff out. So awesome. Okay, let's get into this uh, part two of the Ramtastic Adventure. I hope you folks enjoy it. <laughs> Okay, so I think we got our lifters up to speed too. We had uh, day one, we flew in. Day day one, we also packed our raft down to the river with the help of, what were the cowboys at the airstrip? Carter and Carson. We say Carter and Carson, Scott swears it's Colton Carter. They're not Colton. Cool. It's too it's Colton. cheesy. Colton. Colton. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Colton and Carson. Yeah, Colton Carson. Two versus two. Anyways, they both had white cowboy hats, big buckles. And Wranglers. And Wranglers on. Yeah. And they when we landed on the strip. Thank so did Ray. One had, had a mustache, on. one had a mullet. True, true. Cherry on top. Cherry cowboy on hats. Top. They yeah. were great. And they were it, so we, we landed. Love the humans. And they just popped out of the bush. <laughs> just <laughs> excited to see us, eh? <laughs> yeah. They had been wrangling at that camp for how long? Yeah. A few weeks solo. Yeah. yeah. So we flew in and yeah, it's like, you know, Santa Claus coming to town. <laughs> 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 they were kind of disappointed when it was, they thought it was maybe like the guides flying in or the flying in. Yeah. But are we on? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I thought we were doing a recap. No. I'm on board. Okay. Yeah, Jenny's on board. She's back. I'm on board. Um, but yeah, they were anyways, they were great though. They and they helped oh. us. <laughs> so they they pulled up and we had we had a case of beer and we offered them a couple of beers to to uh, help pack it. Oh, they, I asked if they had an ATV around. That's what messed up our count. Yeah. That's what, because we had 12 beers. We had 12 beers, I think we gave two away. It was just with 10 divided by three people drinking beer on this trip, which left out. I know. Yeah. That's what that's what happened. Oof. But anyway, so we offered them, we said, hey, if we give you a couple of beers, they give us a hand to pack our stuff down on the river. I thought it was like 100 meters down to the river. It was actually... About a kilometer, half and a k, half a k. No, but more. they souped it up because if we were going to walk down the river, we would have gone the other way. Uh true. Yeah. And they like backed us around and took us up a hill and made us thought that we were earning our, they were earning their pints. But yeah. but that beach was a perfect launching yeah, totally. beach. It was it was a, it was just a great was, karmic start to the fun. trip. Yeah, you know? yeah, they're great characters, and they and they had a, they had a good hang with us. And they they were like watching us pump up our little inflatable boats. Just seriously. like, who, who, what are these guys doing? <laughs> You could tell they're like, these guys are nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They grew up with horses and like, this is just total AOR guys showing up with we motors and <laughs> rafts. In the like, yeah, we're going to raft down there and get a sheep and then raft out. And they're like, oh, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I did feel like a bit of a hippie, sort of. Yeah, I totally. I, wonder what, I hope, I, I, I kind of secretly hope that they're they're on Instagram when they, I, I told them about Eat Well, so maybe they'll, they'll find us if we post. Who knows? But, oh, I hope so, man. That they were great. It's a so, true blessing. Yeah, that was a true blessing. That was a great start. That was so that was day one, and then we ended up round down. Yeah, I don't know. Not far. Not too far down the river, a little ways. Yeah, actually, it was about a bit of a three-hour float, which we were all unprepared for. Yeah, we thought it was going to be a few minutes down the river, down <laughs> yeah. the road to where we thought our trailhead was, and it was a little, a little yeah. bit more work than we thought. So, like everything on the trip, our packing, yeah, reflect. Well, my packing, I had a dry bag that was. <laughs> Wide open. <laughs> and again, Scott, we went out on one other hunt, but I was like, he's got your dry bag's open. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, 
you know how dry bags work, right? <laughs> I thought it was going to be a lazy river float. <laughs> was not the case. <laughs> it was pretty exciting. Um, anyway, so day one, dropped off, float down riverways, set up camp on the river, and our plan is to head up in the mountains. And that's day two into the mountains. Day three and four are scouting days. And then day five is opening day. And that's when things got serious. So I'm going to hand it over to Scott and Spencer to recap day five, opening day of their hunt. From the crack of dawn? Yeah, what time we get up? Crack of dawn, Spence. Okay. Uh, well, I set my alarm for 3 a.m. that morning with the alarm sound of Summit. <laughs> it's the standard iPhone <laughs> alarm sound. I was like, Scott, I, we were going through them. And like, I was like, this is the one because we're going to make the Summit. Yeah. And we had been glassing. I love glassing. And uh, we had been glassing for the days prior, as the listeners will know from the previous episodes we talked about. And we had our eyes on a ram that we confirmed amongst the crew as mm -hmm. full curl. And, uh, and so, yeah, up at three, and we were up that mountain by four. Uh, or up started climbing the mountain by four. Scott was probably up the mountain by four. <laughs> His goat legs springing along. I was in tow, and uh, and so we know we've sort of patterned these uh, sheep. Yeah, over the course of a couple of days, right? Which is super cool. Yeah, it's awesome to to get to know them and to feel. Like you understand them in a, a, a tiny way, a fraction of how they actually might exist. But in those couple days, um, seeing them fight and mm -hmm. Scott and I being perched on, on this range and watching them and seeing the boss um, fight his way into the best beds. And, 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 and we, we knew uh, that between 8 and 10 a.m., they were at the peak of this, what I've been imagining or describing as this big sort of Pride Rock, Lion King-esque peak at the top of the mountain. In the, in the daylight, as the sun would come up, you'd see the silhouette of the rams. And then come 8 or 10 a.m., they moved down into the feeding areas. And, uh, and so our plan was to sneak up this mountain, actually several mountains, up and down, uh, yeah, I think we lost, what, we had to lose 300 meters to gain 400 meters? Yeah, Scott yeah. chose the route, uh, <laughs> and it was the best route. I'm not, like, saying he chose it um, with ill intent, or, but yeah, I mean, Scott. Well, uh, Dylan and I talked about it, too, the options about how we would get up there, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And the conversations before, too, I, both Scott and I were happy to offer this to Dylan and Jenny. Like, mm -hmm. well, you guys could take this range and, and hunt this ram that we think is a full curl. And we were joking, like, I don't know if the vibes are just like, well, we sort of 
scope to these rams so energetically or karmically we should go after them or if dylan was just like nah we don't want to <laughs> climb that and do that elevation drop and gain and, and but yeah and so we did that and do you want to describe going down the mountain and up into where we perched as we made our way into the stock yeah i i mean yeah it, it's a bit hard to explain without naming names <laughs> but so it's, you know i'm i'm learning more about sheep speak as we go along um, but yeah it was uh it was it was it was not an easy hunt by any means i mean I, and i think dylan probably realized that when and jenny um when we had been up the day before and sort of scoped out um who ended up the ram who ended up being named tusker um or tusk yeah i guess tusk um yeah it was a, it was a challenging hunt and um you know the what the first day we went up there and glassed them you know it you're glassing these slopes and they were probably from the, the first point we saw these rams they were probably like a thousand fifteen hundred two kilometers away right yeah but we were stoked because we saw sheep but the unfortunate part was that there's there's like a, a tremendous amount of vertical loss between where we were glassing these sheep and tremendous heat <laughs> yeah and tremendous heat but at least there was a way like like, like i've been in situations before where i've seen sheep in a spot and like there's just no way yeah. to get there and i think that, i think that's yeah and that's like being a rookie sheep hunter and just like but also like an alpinist and a mountaineer and like thinking about like how to travel through mountains and like it was just it, they were far away it was astounding to me that like mm. we would go to that place <laughs> And pick up more weight, which is un <laughs> which is unusual, for, 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 and come back the same yeah. the same direction with the, <laughs> with double the weight that you went on to begin with. I was like, so it took me a while to like process, like it's <laughs> like okay, like you once the reality set in, like okay, we there's a possibility to harvest a ram, but that means like that ram. And everything that's a part of it has to come back with us, which will double or triple the way we went in. And so that's when I started to panic a little bit, <laughs> being a newbie sheep hunter and just sort of like consider, you know, yeah, it got real. Yeah. There were a few things that were very interesting to me in this part of it is that how far away um, the access to most sheep are because being a coastal sort of person who loves thinking about goat hunts yeah it's like you drive you take your boat up an inlet and it's the same inlet that that mountain base sits on yeah and you have a hell of a bushwhack and the hiking was nothing compared to the bushwhacking i'm used to and it was quite lovely mm -hmm. but the endurance part of it was yeah. totally different so it was just such a different struggle, which made it interesting. 
And the most interesting was actually having to think about water. And so in this trip where we were passing these valleys to get to these rams 1.52 kilometers away, Scott had to go and scope out, okay, where's a route where we actually have access to water? Because everything is dried up from the extreme heat we got. Yeah. And we need to plan it strategically where we get, we don't pack too much water as we're leaving 4 a.m. And we can load up as we hit the base of the mountain where we're going to make the stock. Mm-hmm. And then as we come home. So Scott made the plan. He scoped it out. Said, swore to me, there's water there. Don't worry, let's pack in <laughs> one liter. And then we get there and there's no water. <laughs> Luckily in a few springy steps, Scott's goat legs got him like 100 meters up and he found a nice watering hole. Nice. But then the stock sort of came on as we like moved up the hill. And the coolest part was when it officially happened. We hit this like shaly, grassy area and Scott and I were being as careful as we could because we knew how. uh, Well, we were close to the sheep. Yeah. Where they would be. We hadn't seen any sheep at this point, but we knew we were in the zone, right? And. Things got real. Totally. Yeah. And uh, words were going through my head the night before. Dylan was like, this never happens. And he was kind of blown away in this bitter tone and not being very supportive. And he just said, just don't fuck it up. Yeah. And so that yeah. was going through my head. Yeah. Well, it was it was the context of like, I think I think you guys were like trying to say to me, like as, as the guy that's like, Put together this trip and hunted sheep for the past 10 years like hey you know if you want to shoot this ram like <laughs> we we talked about it that's cool if that's what you want to do and i'm like no i don't think that's what i want to do like i think you guys spotted the ram it's your ram and it's like i i i, I want like i just just don't fuck it up. That's all. Like, that's my only <laughs> contribution. Like, like you know, I, I, I'll always be like, if, if this works out that you guys go up there on your very first day of sheep hunting, you walk up a hill and you spot a legal ram and shoot it on your first day of sheep hunting, <laughs> like, you know, great. You know, it's great for all of us out there that have spent ten years, ten like ten. Like ten sheep hunting, <laughs> ten two weeks holiday, ten flights in, ten fucking near death experiences, floating down rivers and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, so you can get to some piece of country that hasn't been, you know, fucked exploited. over by other, yeah, exploited yeah. or like you know, blitzed by other hunters and like, yeah, it was evident, Dill, for sure. That we were feeling that energy. Yeah. Well, and it was, and, and I said to you, I was like, I was like, and like, and it's kind of like you, like, and, I, and it's it's a part of me that like I don't. Like I'm like it's my ego. It's like it's ego. I'm like I'm like I'm yeah. like I'm sorry, guys. This is like like I'm, like it's ego. Like being like like yeah. getting in the way of being like hey, collectively, if we come out of the trip with a ram, awesome, right? Yeah. Whether it's your guys get on on your on your hunt or if it's on Jay and I's hunt, that's great. And like, please don't pay mind to my ego. I'm gonna work through it. And they um, have a, you know have a hunt. Just don't fuck it. Yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah. For the record, definitely Dylan expressed that. Um that those feelings so as it got real we were by this cliff edge with all this shale and all of a sudden the shale's like (laughs) starts falling well we were expecting them to come over the top the top so where spencer and i were situated on the mountain was a spot uh 
where we, we were anticipating to be below yeah where they and would come this is, that's typically what they did right well this was a bit before that when it, it just got real for me oh down low yeah d- a yeah. bit lower and yeah, like yeah. hearts start pumping we oh, hear this around the oh, corner oh yeah yeah and i was right. like scott yeah. yeah it's right around the corner coming around <laughs> the back side of the mountain the shale started moving and then all of a sudden marmot pops up <laughs> it's like okay but at least like it's real now but, but that was a good check-in right yeah. for us because we're like yeah it's it's real yeah we're in we're in the, we're on the stock yeah it's, like it's hard to tell like when you're looking at a mountain from a kilometer away it's so hard to gain perspective when you're on that mountain and where you are in relation to where you saw the sheep or where you shot, saw anything. So it was just kind of a, I think it was, again, it was kind of karmic just being like, pay attention, boys. Yeah, <laughs> You're totally. in sheep country now. Like, no more effing around. And Scott cool. had graciously volunteered, like, he was like, Spencer, you're going to take the shot. And he just was, told me that. I could be the one to take the ramp, which was an honor and amazing. And so at that point, we were like, okay, who's going to carry the gun? Who's in? I was like, Scott, you're like small and slick. You should go up each little ridge first and use your binos, kind of like a guide would, mm-hmm. and I'll have the gun. And we just did that for every corner, every little bit to like get a glimpse of that pride rock looking thing where they were hanging out. Yeah. This would have been around 6 a.m. 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. So we make our way up and we start skirting that pride rock, waiting for every second as we peek up to see those silhouettes because we're beating their breakfast time that we've studied over the last couple yeah, of days. Yeah. We get there and we're sort of looking up and up and up and we get in this spot where we got this great view of pride rock. We're on this rocky, shaley stuff below it maybe 50 yards to the top, to the peak. We got some nice shadowy coverage. And we're only 50, 75 yards from the trail. They go to access their feeding grounds. Mm-hmm. And we wait, and there's just nothing shows up. And so we just but, like... But we had only been there. So this is the other... Like, it, it, I mean, the whole thing was magical, but... We had only been there for like 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Not even just tippy-toeing across the big talus slope, trying like, it's impossible. Like I have small feet, nine size nine. Spencer's got like, what are your feet, Spence? I don't know. Size 20 it <laughs> felt like that day, man. So it's harder for him it's to tippy-toe like... across the, the scout. I'm like, Spencer, fuck, keep it down. You know, like, we're going to spook these sheep. But, you know, being ignorant and, you know, I got small feet, Spencer got large feet. Anyways, we, yeah, so we we had, we were there early and we were expecting them to come down from the pass, from, from up top, which we had seen them do basically uh, a textbook timing the last two days. Yeah. Which is, yeah, what was not the case. And I thought, you know, I'd be perfectly fine to wait here for, six to eight hours if we needed to oh yeah that that's what i was set up for but then again stroke of luck even though we apparently missed them and they went to breakfast early that morning 
Or they batted down there. Who knows? Yeah. They might have spent the night there. They were already past their feeding ground, and there was this canyon we couldn't see from the glassing spot that had these beautiful beds underneath a 12-foot, 6 to 12-foot wall that they were uh, fighting over. And so within uh, who knows how many minutes, time is so fuzzy in these situations, uh, but not long at all, uh, we get a glimpse and they're wrestling around, headbutting each other, trying to uh, get the best bed in this canyon. Well, we heard, we heard, we heard something. Right. Yeah. Right. There's some rock fall. Yeah. So we were focused on the ridge, and then we heard the rock fall, and then we looked to the right, and <laughs> there's four rams bounding <laughs> yeah. below us, just. And sure enough, 250 yards away. Yeah, at that point, 250 we were, yards. Where we were, 300 yards. And just totally oblivious to our presence, you know, this is magical. And sure enough, who walks out of the big bed is old Tusk, yeah. Tusker. Yeah, big like, Tusker. Nice. He's here. Yeah. And it gave us such a good opportunity to sneak back across, skirting underneath that Pride Rock peak and down to above the cliff where their beds were. Yeah, so we got an overhead look at So them. yeah, so they were- so How close are you this time to them? Well- when you get to that little ledge. When you're at the ledge, you're like, if they came out where you were were situated prone, 50 yards. Yeah. Wow. Um, Which? And yeah, so, I mean, we were, uh, we were anticipating them being above and you know the shot would have been anywhere between one and three hundred yards, but once we heard that the rock fall and knew they were below us, they were, yeah, two hundred yards away. But the trouble, the troubling part of that situation was that we were above them <laughs> <laughs> and we could see them, so they could see us. And the sun was coming up, so we were on a, a the the south side of a a north facing peak. So the sun is sort of like we can watch the sun yeah, coming up the, the ridge, yeah. and soon we're going to be blown cover, right? Yeah. So Spencer and I talk about okay, well, like briefly, very briefly, because we're so excited that these rams are within shooting distance. How are we going to get to them? So there, you know, there's a there's a, a flat bench probably 300 meters between uh, lower than the so the teleslope runs down about 50 feet and then hits a bench that's about 300 feet long and then drops off 12 feet, 12 15 feet to a steep uh, southeast southwest facing cliff face. And Spencer, we're trying to figure out how we get to these rams before the sun catches up with us, right? Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. then we're blown yeah. pretty much. So Spencer says, okay, um, you, watch, you watch these animals and I'm going to go and then we'll do hand signals. So like, you know, big X with the hands or a wave with the hands is a no-go. And, okay. you know, the typical, you know, yeah, left, right, yeah, <laughs> left, right yeah. giver. 
<clears throat> so we come up with the plan. And so Spence, um, and <laughs> we're on the Talislope, which is, you know, not an ideal place to be above Rams that you're trying to sneak up on. Anyways, so I'm watching Rams and I, I'm sort of one hand on the binos, another hand giving signals to Spencer to when the Rams are sort of rough, rough housing because they're having a, a great time. They've got like three great beds down there. They're just, it was just a, yeah, an amazing. So, you know, go stop, go stop, go stop, go stop. You know, the typical sort of um, situation. Spencer ends up on the top of the ledge. And at this point, Spencer's focused on Tusker, which is the ram that we that came to be, you know, this magical, wonderful gift for uh, uh, us rookie hunters who have never been sheep hunting. And anyway, um, there's a there's a so there's four rams, uh, and the third ram sneaks around up the slope. Spencer's Spencer's just He's dialed in. He's in prone position. You guys have a great picture of this, of like the like yeah. almost like the whole mountain. I mean, you can just see Spencer laying prone. Yeah. over the ledge. Yeah, it's a cool shot. Waiting. Yeah, waiting for this yeah. rat because we know Tusker's in there. Yeah, and he can't go anywhere except back to the place he came from. Yeah, but there's a there's you know some younger rounds, some three quarters, and some banana rounds that are hanging around, and Spencer's so focused on on harvesting the legal ram, which is obviously the right thing to do in this situation. But this three-quarter curl, <laughs> at the same time, Spencer's like basically, you know, he's dialed in. He's yeah. on the edge. He's you know, 12, the shot. He's got, he's waiting for something to come out. And so am I. I, I, I put earplugs in at this point. And I'm not even like, I'm like 200 yards away. <laughs> I'm just like giddy. I'm like, oh boy, it's gonna happen. It's coming. <laughs> but anyways, I'm watching this ram, this three quarter curl, sneak up behind him and cruise in to where Spencer's like, and he's like the utmost, like the utmost amazing stock. He's like, he's spent. 20 25 minutes like crawling on his belly just to get to this 12 to 15 foot cliff where directly below him the rams are bedded at the ram at the ram in particular that we're interested in, in harvesting is bedded and he's so focused on it that this three-quarter curl comes comes around and he's like he looks at Spen he looks at Spencer and he's like, What is that? Because he's laying flat, like he looked like a dill pickle. <laughs> you know, like if you can imagine a sliced dill pickle like sitting on the ridge. <laughs> Just like totally un it's a foreign object to him. Yeah, so not he's, a lot of dill pickles in the Alpine. No, 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 no. So he's he's really keen on checking him out. So he's walking up and I'm trying to like, I'm like, <laughs> trying to like give some kind of indication to Spencer because I don't want this ram, this three-quarter curl, this spook tusk. But there's to no avail. Because <laughs> he's like 300 yards, 250, 300 yards away. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to work. It doesn't make it the distance. So this ram comes up and sniffs Spencer and walks down. If he, I can butt in. And finally, yeah, butt in, Spencer, please. I was looking at the scope just waiting and waiting 
like some sort of sniper would. Looking over the the crest of this the flats right before their caves, and I've just been watching through my scope, definitely not hearing any. Come on, man! That's how you pick it up. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. Did you see this, the little ram? So the funny part is Scott is watching the ram come at me for a long time and I'm totally oblivious. Uh, for whatever reason, I'm just like readjusting, making sure I'm comfy. And I, out of the corner of my eye, I see him when he's at 20 yards and he's just staring at me. And having never been close to sheep before, I think both Scott and I were wondering what how aggressive are sheep do they when they're interested and not afraid what do they want to do if they've been fighting each other yeah i thought he's gonna i thought he's gonna give you a friggin' headbutt man <laughs> but you off the cliff he was, yeah. he was close but then yeah he just walked closer and he kept coming closer to like 10 yards and he'd lick his nose and smell me and then his like vibe sort of chilled out i, I was getting ready um, there was a point where he looked like he was defensive mm -hmm. and I was wondering at that point, should I like just sort of throw a little rock at him or something, huh? Yeah. Uh, something to not scare Tusker who's rough housing with his buddy. Yeah. Um, but would like at this point, had you seen Tusker? Yes. Make an appearance. They okay. were fighting. He would yeah. go into the nice cave. He'd disappear and okay. come in and out. So I had my. Uh, crosshairs on the cave as where he should have been coming okay out. so but you so you'd seen him rough out but you hadn't seen a shot yet yeah i hadn't had a good shot yet okay and so just to confirm like you'd already you'd seen this ram for multiple days now and you yeah. confirmed that he's a hundred percent yeah legal yeah. how did you know he was legal that... so the the first day we were glassing uh scott and i on the mountain I, we saw a ram silhouetted, both of us spot it, and we saw there was some action going. And this was from, from quite a ways away, and I got just this quick glimpse through the, spotty, the spotter of this ram who had a, a short right-sided horn and this monstrous full curl. And I didn't believe it because... I just thought that that's so insane, that full curl, it doesn't look realistic. And seeing it from two kilometers away and being like, yes, that's a full curl, it had to be a weird angle, it had to be something funky. And over the days, we got closer and closer and spot him, and we realized he's got this monstrous tusk. And before we confirmed the monstrous tusk, we were joking I made a couple jokes like, I don't want to hunt a sheep, I want to hunt a mammoth. <laughs> and when we're joking, well, we'll find a sheep with the tusk who, I think Scott said, will skewer all the, the lambs and stuff. <laughs> it's sure as shit, we find this sheep with the giant so tusk. Crazy, yeah. And we, I got a picture and we all looked and it's, it crosses his nose. Yeah. It's just, it's awesome. Yeah, so distinct legal ram. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. unique. Yeah, ram. and unique. So, so when you see him separate from the pack, yeah, you're like, that's definitely you Tusker. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no question. There's can, no doubter. You, you, and, you yeah. can tell. And okay, go and back the, to the shot. So you're sitting there. You're well, trying you, to you're about this. to throw a rock. Yeah, and so <laughs> I was like, little guy. what are my options? I stay still, and hopefully he just moves about and 
Tusker, Tusk, and it's just wrestling the other guys, having a good time, and won't notice um, if he spooks or if I throw a rock or whatever. And um, my gut, obviously, there's a fear part of my brain that's like, just do something drastic quick to get him out of here. And then there's a Zen part of my brain that comes from my gut usually in these situations. And it's like, just chill out and just like, let it happen. And I recognize that and it happened. Scott's hilariously watching this from above. And he just kept smelling, licking his nose, smelling, walks directly into my wind at 10 yards, sort of trots down the cliff area, doesn't even care. And then he just disappears. And then... Not too long after that, Tusker comes out and he was like, his ass was facing me, but I could see his ass in his tusk, like coming off of his head. <laughs> I was like, nice, there he is. Yeah. And, yeah, and so, you don't miss Tusker. Yeah. And so we <laughs> got him. And in a, in, a, in a matter of minutes, he just slowly worked his way to the nice bed and he had a quartering away shot. It was a pretty intense angle, but it was definitely good enough. I was in prone for, mm-hmm. it was just 150, 160 yard shot or something, no problem. Mm-hmm. And so I did it and it ended up being a great shot, but he didn't move. Mm-hmm. Scott said he saw him move, but because of the kick or whatever, I shot him and I look at him and he's just like, what happened? Mm-hmm. And I was under this... I was suspect that like sheep should drop with a perfect shot. Yeah, we think we talked about that. Like if you if you hit them, they usually fall yeah. down. They're they're they're, they're a thin skinned animal. And they're not that big. So. Yeah, and this was a two seventy, and you're yeah. like, it's not like goats that soak up lead. Mm-hmm. Just they should drop. And I was like, okay, shit, lock another one in, shoot it. Second shot again it was right in the boiler room, and that's when I sort of freaked out because he just sort of like flinched. And like Scott said, he saw him walk a bit and like limp. I missed that because of the kick of the gun. So at this point, I was like, I think I hit him because those are two very confident shots. And I racked in a third one because I thought I need to anchor him. I don't want a ram going off injured. No, and he was on a, I mean, if he would have wandered off, he, we would have lost 400 meters elevation oh. on him if he fell down that talus slope. And a valley we'd never even been to yet. Yeah. This was the other side of the mountain. And so, yeah, I, 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 a part of me is kicking myself, but a part of me is like any other hunter probably would have done the same trying to anchor him. Mm-hmm. And so in that third shot, I actually clipped a quarter and um, that might have been some, yeah, it wasn't as good of a shot. And I'm angry at myself for that. But we get... Yeah, you clipped a bit of the front shoulder. I mean, that's, yeah. So I have the three shots, and in all the excitement, I realize that I have my little bag of extra bullets. Actually, after the third shot, he still doesn't move much, and he just sort of, like, walks to his bed and out of sight into the cave. (gasps) And I was like, oh, God, did I miss every shot? all these things are going through my mind. But at and that I, point, I had, I had seen he had been hit. Yes. And Scott. He, he, had lim- he, he limped into uh, a safe place to, to rest, and that was it. So Scott was full of confidence that uh, he was done. Me being behind the gun and not seeing this because of the kicks, I was like, Scott, get over here. 
And Scott had like both the backpacks waddling down the hill. I was like, get over here. I need some bullets in case we got to finish him. Oh, you didn't have your little pouch of bullets. I no, yeah. And Scott had the little yeah. pouch. Because I was like, oh, this is such a good situation. I don't need. I, you know, no, I. We didn't want him to go away. I'm usually very confident with my shooting. Yeah. And so I, it was just, I got kind of cocky, I guess. And, um, and so Scott was like, I said, I'm a little like freaked out. You've got a level head right now. Sneak around and see if you can glass into the cave and see if he bedded there or if he's yeah. alive or whatever. And Scott was like, well, I'm not going, <laughs> if I'm dropping these back backpacks, like I don't want to climb a whole shit to shit load before we butcher a ram and have to carry it all this way. So I'm just going to look and if not, we're going to go up to him and find him because I'm sure you shot him. Yeah. Yeah. Darn right. Man. So, darn yes. right. I'm not, I'm not, I saw him limp into that cave and I'm not dropping 200 meters of elevation just to make sure he's dead. When I knew I, yeah, yeah. he was dead. So we walked around, we got to it, you could smell him. Yeah. And we hiked down and there he was. And it was like pure elation for me. And I looked back at Scott. I was like, yes, I gave him a big hug. And I saw Scott's face and he was kind of like, yeah, I knew he was. <laughs> <laughs> but then we had a great hug and yeah. it was like, yeah. wow, look at look at his tusk. Yeah. <laughs> it's monster. Yeah, it's it was a pretty special moment for sure. Just to have that experience of watching them for a couple of days and two rookie sheep hunters and be able to, you know, from what I understand, it's not very common. To what time, what time was this at? 8.30, he was down. 8.30 on your first day of sheep hunting. August 1st. <laughs> yeah, August 1st. Yeah. Round down. So Jenny, what were we doing at 8.30? <laughs> we were watching sheep. Yeah. So, so I think in the, one of the recaps there of, of the day we talked about, so we had gone up with you guys the day before to, to try and look at the, the tusk ramp. Yeah, I mean, we were, you know, Spencer and I were fairly confident that it was a legal ram, but we'd also, we're a rookie hunter, sheep hunter, so we wanted uh, Dylan and Jenny to come up and have a well, look and, and just like, make sure. Right? Yeah, I genuinely, like, and no offense to any, like, like even like knowing my process for sheep hunting, like when I saw my first like ram, like they're all so big. And so like, and, and also like when I've sat on what I thought were legal rams for a really long time, like, and contemplated whether I was going to shoot them or not, like it's a challenging process. And so I thought like, well, at the very least we had, a, we had an extra day of spotting available, like an extra looking day available. So if you did see a legal ram, it was probably worthwhile, like, having our collective experience looking totally. at that ram yeah, yeah. and being like, okay, yeah, that is definitely a legal ram. So on opening day, definitely invest the time to go after him. Yeah. Because I, I just know how, like <clears throat> I, I've sat there looking at rams going, God, I wish I had someone with me that had been, had the confidence Confident. to say, mm, yeah. that's a hundred percent legal. Ram. Yeah. Like when I look at a six point bull elk, I'm like, that's a six point bull elk. That's a five point. And it's like, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a process for me is very short whereas when i first looked at a six point bull elk 15 years ago i was like one two three four five six one two three four five six one two three four five six i think it's six i don't know one two three four five six boom 
oh my god one two three four five six thank god yeah that's like, right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and it's like and now it's like i'm like one two three that's 100 percent six point blow up bank like in that and that that difference is you know and that's mm-hmm. even amplified with the sheep right yeah like that process so anyways on on that day though we confirmed that tusker yes was a legal ramp but also jenny and i had spotted uh, about five kilometers away on another hill a group of rams that with one yeah. ram in, in the group that was heavy yeah. ram. Yeah. So we had a hunt plan. Which is also, yeah, it's all so exciting, man. So by 8.30, we had... Well, we got up at 3 in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, it's important to note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, both no, team, both we, teams were up at 3 We in the got morning. up at 3 in the morning for... I was really happy to get up at 3 in the morning because we needed to avoid two things. And one was less avoidable was the bugs. Yeah, and they were also had maybe set their alarm for two thirty, <laughs> and they were awake yeah. when we got up and fired up. But the other one that we needed to avoid as much as possible was the sun, mm. and uh, getting up early gave us that advantage for sure. Yeah. So we were up at three, and we were coffeeed up and on our way by four, walking through Grizzly Bear Valley by. 4 30. yeah because you guys were on a south like that slope you guys were almost like purely south facing hey eh? so as soon as the sun came up mm-hmm. it was on you totally no we had about we were able to access that slope until about nine i think we got hammered by the sun oh yeah so it was good but we climbed so the rams that the group of rams that we saw the group of sheep we saw actually were out of well, yeah, they they were like on all all the sheep that we did see on this trip um, were because it was so hot were on the tippy tops of the biggest mountains in in the valleys that we were hunting, and it was because they were trying to find a little bit of wind, I think, to avoid the bugs. Yeah, coolest possible spot. Wind and te- just temperature. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, as you got up on those ridges, there was a bit more wind and a little bit of reprieve from the bugs, anyways. Um, so. We went from our camp up to, I think it was 65 or 7,000 feet or something like that where the sheep were laying. Um, but we got up to the pass and probably like two hours or something, two and a half hours, someone got up to that pass. I was surprised at how quickly we covered that terrain. Yeah, it was pretty I quick. Was we did find a horse trail, which made our lives much, much easier. Yeah. And, and we were going up light because we had no camp on our pack. But we did bring four liters of water each. Yes. Anticipating it was going to be a long day. Which is not ideal. No. When you're not like, when, yeah, yeah, and and yeah, there was really there was a little bit of water on the way, but not much once we got high. Well, and interestingly enough, because Spencer, you're saying how Scott guaranteed you water on the way in, we crossed a <laughs> running creek and made a note of that on our way up. And what six hours later, when we came back, that creek was dry. Yeah, oh, so, uh, that was a trip, man. The water, like it was a water on and off. It yeah. didn't really didn't make a lot of sense to me. Anyway, so we so we get we gained the pass, and we can from there, uh, it's we can see this the 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 spot where we had seen the ram bedded down the day before, and we look over there, and were they there right away? Oh, oh they were there. Yeah, and there was there's probably three big rams and a couple other banana rams up there. So maybe we had our eyes on five rams at that point, which is, I mean, I was pretty stoked to see five sheep and three that looked good. Yeah. So by 6.30 or 7, we were looking at the pile of rams and 
kind of trying to count rings. And we were about a kilometer away from the group of rams. Yeah. So, and then the configuration of the terrain was kind of good that we looked at them for a while and, and, and we could see what we ended up calling the gentleman ram in with the rams. So we could just see the top of his horns there bedded down. We couldn't actually see enough of him to like count his rings or anything, but you could see his mass. And then there was the other ones just circling around him. And then there was ewes and lambs like bouncing around over top of him. And he... Well, at that point it was just the, the ramps. I think. In the There's... morning? Yeah. We, I, cause that was sort of my, the building of my excitement was that there was five that we'd seen and we were going after. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, so we were able to get, from, from that point that we were able to go, uh, just to configure the left, we were able to like actually use the ridge as cover and walk to within a bump that we could get on top of it was like. Yeah, that's fantastic because we were looking at it from far away uh-huh. and trying to, you and I, the day before. Yeah, trying to puzzle out how trying we could to get there. Yeah. And but it looked impossible. It did. Yeah, well, it didn't look impossible, but it looked like it'd be a good slog and. But it was actually a perfect little, like it was the way that we ended up going. Like, every route was a bit of a compromise, one way or the other. But the route we chose to gain the elevation was probably the easiest way. And yeah. then once we were up there, we could see the rounds from a distance. They confirmed they were there, and then we had this amazing route to get mm-hmm. right up on them without any exposure to them. It's amazing. And yeah, yeah. So we climbed. So we like we got our spot. Moth. We got our spot. Because you guys are going in blind, like. We'd never been up that valley, right? No, no, yeah. No. We hadn't been up there, no. Yeah. But we had our spot marked, and so we, we, we got to climb up the backside of this bump where we expect to peek over the top and be 100 yards or so from the group of rams. Yeah. And we get light as we get to about, just about, we like, drop our packs and just have our spot and scope our gun and our binocs, and Jenny has a liter of water, which is a smart move. And we, like, <laughs> crawl over top of the bump, and we look over... And of course, they're all gone, right? There's, there's one left there, right? Small ram. Yeah, little ram. guy, little yeah. banana ram. Little like, banana. Little, and he looks a bit lost. Yeah, he got left behind <laughs> by his buddy. He did. Actually, he didn't look lost. He was like, ha, 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 I'm on the top, but I'm all alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it was sort of crushing because it's like it was like, I, I like, like I was like when I saw that ram from five kilometers away. I knew it was a legal ram. Like I looked at this place, so oh, that's a legal ram. And remember, I said to you, I think I said to you guys, like, like at some point, I was we were talking about like you know identifying sheep. I was like, I've looked at like thousands of like six and seven year old rams, and only a handful of times I've seen a ram. I'm like, oh, that's a legal ram, and it's yeah. like a different body size, different horn. Yeah, structure. proportions. It's just like you know, it's like oh, it's a legal ram. The proportions are different. And when yeah. I saw him in the spotting scope yesterday, the, the, the first time I saw it, I was like. Oh, that's the ram, and that was from from uh, five kilometers away. And so, when I could just see the tops of his horn this morning, I was like, "Oh yeah, he's legal." And then as I'm crawling up over that hill, I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like I might pop over this hill and be hundred yards away from a legal ram, and then I actually have to shoot a ram, which is a, something I've never really like. I'm I'm kind of I didn't I I, I haven't actually thought I'd ever shoot a ram. Like I didn't like I've it's it's the distance between me hunting a ram and me killing a ram is still felt like a long gap, long divide between the two. 
So as I was, as I was like crawling up there with my rifle and and my spotting scope to peek over the edge, I'm like, holy shit, this might be the moment that I actually have to kill a ram, and I'm not sure if I'm mentally prepared to close that gap. And then poke <laughs> over the top. I'm like, of course I'm not going to close that gap because I'm sheep hunting and there's no fucking sheep there. <laughs> this, is, this is sheep hunting. You yeah. Know? Like, totally. Well, I don't remember this. And it's interesting with Spencer and Squatter telling their stories is they had watched those sheep for what, three days now? Two days? So they had, like you were talking about breakfast time. We didn't know <laughs> where they, those, what they were doing. What our sheep were uh, doing. So, but. So we, so we stood around for a bit. And we're like, <laughs> scratch your head. Scratch your head and we're like, okay, well, there's one ram there. Like they haven't completely buggered off. And, and so at this point, you're kind of wondering like, okay, do you, they're not worth, like I was like, okay, well, maybe we just got to like, well, the, the obvious side is like they were here yesterday until, so by, by now it's probably eight o'clock or something like that. Like, no, I was watching the time because we talked about when we left camp. Checking in. Scott and I talked about a, a noon check-in. Nine. Nine a.m. No, you said noon check-in. No, I said nine. You said noon, and I was like, but it's 3 a.m. Noon is a normal check-in <laughs> when you don't leave at 3 a.m. Like, noon's miles away. Let's check in at nine. Okay. So now I've set the nine o'clock precedence, and it's all happening at eight. And I'm like, oh, 8.30. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> well, whatever. Those guys are going to. That's not that big of a deal, but. So I was aware that it was about 8.30. About 8.30. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So <laughs> so we're sitting there and, and like, and so we knew that the day before we had seen these rams on this spot. They had moved off this spot by some, some by about nine o'clock. So today, presumably they, they liked this, this spot until maybe eight o'clock, then they move on. So the first thing I thought was like, okay, let's get the bugger out of here. And then come back the next day, but come back two hours earlier and just get up, get up at three and head straight for the spot and just run up there now that we know where we're going and then perch up there. And then they should be there if we can get there by 630 or seven. Right. But of course we are already there. And then it's also like, man, it's so much work. And then it's such a great spot to be. And you just kind of want to hunt a bit. Like you don't want to just retreat and that's your hunt. You hike all the way up there, poke your head over the ridge. You Dude. said that? Oh, maybe we'll come back tomorrow. And I was like, no. <laughs> not, no, we're not coming back tomorrow, but we're not, this is not our turnaround point. Like, we are not turning around right now. There is other ledges to walk over right now. Totally. But, and in my mind, I was like, if we pressure forward, if we go forward and like start poking around and poking our noses along the ridge or down the ridge, then, you know, we're just have that chance of, 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 uh, <laughs> of, uh, blowing the hunt out or as i said just don't fuck it up right so like well i also had a fear i was pretty confident that you guys were going to get tusker and i was like oh if we don't get rm today and we've got meat back in camp oh yeah we got so we, to, we got to make a push yeah and that was part that was definitely on my mind i was like yeah. i think today and probably if if things hadn't worked out the way they did we probably would have checked our in reach saw their matches and said okay we got one day to do this something good and then pushed but as it turned out, we there was a little bit of noise just below us, and it's the same thing you said, Spencer, like that that like screech slope walking. And every once in a while, I looked down below me, and I'd see like a U 
and a lamb kind of cruising around below us on the scree slope. On the, uh, so we, we came up what, what amounts to the um, east side of this, of this pass and then climbed up this ridge. And then there's a west side of the ridge, which is not, which is the, the side that we can't see from camp. Um, and, and as we're on top of this, this little bump here, we started sort of paying more attention to this western talus slope because there was a couple of ewes, a ewe and a lamb kind of cruising around in it. There was still the one um, banana ram on top of the bump. And I was like, well, the sheep are still here. Like, they haven't really gone here. They're still moving around. So maybe we just sit here and wait. And we just get just get patient and wait. And and you're on the south side now. So you're, you're waiting for them to come back over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I was assuming they were avoiding the sun, right? Yeah. So like trying to get into shade or something like that, right? So, and we're sitting there and, and like, and I, and it's been quite a while that we've been sitting there and waiting, like I'd say 45 <laughs> minutes or more. Yeah. And, and I look down and I, there's a bit of a, in, in this talus that was a bit of a cliff feature. At the bottom of the cliff feature, I see a sheep and it's bedded down right at the bottom of the cliff. And I was like, oh, it was another sheep. Oh, it was another sheep. And this is like 100 yards from us, 150 yards from us. It's almost like where's Waldo? Like they it just, was, or morale picking. Like there's ping. Yeah, ping, once you get your ping. search image, yeah. right? You're like, yeah, they're everywhere. So they're all down there below. Was it just yeah. bedded down in the rocks? Just hanging. And, and, and we've been sort of like that. We, we're, we're kind of focusing on our silhouettes and our movement for this bump feature. Just so you could see us. them. You could see them from where you were glassing the where they were before. Yeah. So you the, just the, look to the left. Yeah. Just basically look down <laughs> yeah, to our yeah, left, yeah. and there a whole pot. There was four, <laughs> how many sheep? I eventually uh, counted 24 sheep. That's amazing. 24 sheep bedded down 100 meters below us in this talus slope on the different rock features and kind of grabbing a bit of shade and also kind of bedded down in this sort of weird, like, yeah, like cliffy yeah. cl- cave area. It was like, it was just wild. It was total where's wild. I was like, oh, cheap, 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 yeah. cheap. Wait a second. They're all there. So there was sheep all over the place, but there was no ramps that I could see. At that point, yeah, it was all what all looked like bananarams of women and children. But you had seen them hanging, like you had seen rams there before, right? Well, we'd seen them hanging out with this group before because the day before they were definitely with with ewes and lambs. Yeah, but there was definitely no mature rams that I could see. After I sort of like our eyes adjusted, and all of a sudden there's sheep popping out everywhere. There was even sheep actually like there was there was the the the, the lamb and the right like there's two thirty yards below lamb. Well, those guys moved up to you, and there was okay. one that almost went up and around. And there, were, it was Sheep City. It was so great. There was noisy up on top. They kept one <laughs> patrol the ridge at the top, making a lot of noise. <laughs> and he was the only one that was talking. No one was talking back. No one appeared to be listening to him. But he sure kept talking. And then there was Cliffy that liked to stand up there and look around up high on this ledge. He was super cool. And Cliffy, then, Cliffy, yeah. yeah and then Good name. we were looking in the caves and it looked like women and children in the cave. And I was looking <laughs> in the spotting scope and all of a sudden like, whoa! And the, like all I saw in the spotting scope was, like, was horns. I was like, monster, Dylan, monster! <laughs> oh, that really got my heart going. Oh, monster, it Dylan. It was so cool. Monster, Dylan, monster. <laughs> just like this. 
like literally these like little lands and then like horns like the, across like, the whole view of the scope oh <sighs> so this is what we call this guy number two in the end yeah number two comes out of the darkness into the light and into my life <laughs> oh my god oh well, yeah and so, so and in that 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 cliff structure there was ta- i was talking about there was like there's an actual cave feature in there and i could see like a, a you and a lamb bedded down at the base of the cave but as as jenny says huge monster coming out <laughs> i like i refocused my my monox responding so i don't know what i was looking through to the cave and i just see this massive ram emerging from the cave that I'd already looked in this cave with the spawning scope several times, and there's already two sheep in there, just like bedded down in, inside the cave. And now all of a sudden, he just like steps right over top of them and comes out of this cave. Like, oh my god, all the rats are in the cave, like hanging out in the cool cave. There's so many things that I wanted to go explore after the ram was down. Yeah. That if it wasn't so hot, yeah, I wanted to go poker. And I guess I also have to understand that. They didn't leave. Like I don't really need to go can disturb any more than we already had. But I would have loved to poke my head in that cave and wherever the rams were piled up on to see what the feature was. Oh, totally. What a special, special spot. Yeah, totally. So so in the end, number two comes out of the cave and he walks like just below us. So now he's about 150 yards in the cave and he walks about 50 meters directly towards us. And then you start to hear clunk, clunk, clunk. And right below us, he just goes over and starts knocking horns with the other four <laughs> rams that are directly <laughs> below us, that have been sitting below us for the last hour and a half. Oh, man, that's Just great. bedded down. And, and I can just see the tops of all of their horns. Yeah. And just because it's, like, it's steep and right below us, and you just can't quite see them. But when he comes over, it kind of gets everybody roused up. So he gets a little bit of a tussle going on. And so now there's this whole mix of rams. And then I can see just the top of the gentleman's horn. He's bedded down. He's not partaking in all this, you know. know, Tomfoolery. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. No, No, he's a gentleman. So so all those rams get mixed up. But they all sort of settle down and start kind of bedded down and hanging up but i can see a bunch of them now and we start looking at them and and start you know counting up rings and trying to figure it out and there's definitely is we got a couple of pictures through the scope with the uh whatever you call those things uh what are they called you have one phone scope the phone scope yeah it's cool yeah we got one of, of number two and he's like got beautiful obvious annuli and it's like he's at 100 percent eight or nine year old ram yeah yeah number two's pretty much got a flag on him saying i'm eight yeah, eight plus eight, eight plus, plus. Eight plus. I'm good i'm yeah. good to go thumbs up but the gentleman come back tomorrow yeah the gentleman's a bit harder to read well he's got really dark 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 horns and so you can't quite his annual i don't jump off his horns nearly as much but his basis his 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 mass is so clearly like he's bedded down with his kind of looking away from me and I all I can see is like the vortex of his two um or the, the backs of his two ant uh, of his two horns and I can only see one full horn and I can count what I think are eight rings kind of but 
they're just it's so incredibly dark as you get close to the base that I can't quite see for sure that that he's got all his points, all his points, all his rings. But laying next to him is this legal eight or nine year old ram, which looks like about half the size in terms of the horn. So I, I go, I, so I know that like I gotta, I gotta hang out and look at this ram long enough to figure out if he's legal. And I know he must be because he's mature. And oh man, it's painful. Well, that and it was also, I mean. It's a pretty dreamy situation to come across, but it was also this, what I call a cuddle puddle of sheep. I didn't know how you were going to get this shot. They were piled on top of each other. Well, there was a point there where I got sort of ready for a shot, which I, I'm very careful not to do because sometimes when I'm behind my rifle and I'm actually looking through the scope, that the, the, the decision to shoot something becomes much easier. Like, I, like my bear? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's like, we've been through that. Check too. earlier podcast. <laughs> yeah, totally. Dylan shoots Jenny's bear. <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't set myself up on a rifle, otherwise. I... <laughs> just, just backing me up. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, totally. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So so as I, and I had this, I, I was actually laying in a sheep bed, looking downhill at these, these rams, and I had set my rifle up, and I had my, yeah, little, I actually took my bino harness off and it was actually a perfect little rest for my gun. So I was 100% stable looking down and I put the crosshairs on the, on the eight, not on number two and he's bedded down. And I'm like, Oh my God, like maybe I could have a Ram. I guess I could have a Ram and I've got this shot except that he's got, I, you know, he's got the sheep behind him and a sheep in front of him. So there's no way I can shoot him. And all of a sudden they both got up and there was a moment there where I was like, okay, I could shoot him now. And then Jenny's like, just shoot up. <laughs> so good Jenny advice, yeah. Yeah, there's a, I mean, anybody who knows it's a hunter that there's, you have a role as a backup to encourage, but not over-encourage. <laughs> <laughs> just shoot him. Just shoot him. I was like, I asked him, like, is he legal? 100%. I'm like, then just shoot him. Yeah. And, the, and I didn't, and I just could still see that one horn. And I was like, well. That, that I just want to see that one a little bit more. And then I thought to myself, I was like, hey, you know what? We're just laying here and they're just laying there. Like we have all the time in the world to figure this out. Like we're 100 yards away. Totally. Like, and the privilege to sit there and watch these sheep, noisy and cliffy and number two, interact with each other was such a treat. Yeah. And then like wander within 30 yards of us and look back at the pile of goodness that all the big dogs were in and they wanted to be in was so cool yeah it was rad it was such an awesome hunt and watch their like i'm swatting mosquitoes and their ears are flicking off mosquitoes and their tails are going yeah so he ended up turning he actually adjusted a little bit and i could see both horns and from the back and i was able to pick through and go like and see a hundred percent eight annual and i said to jenny if he gets up i'm gonna shoot him hmm. and then just after i said that he got up yeah yeah that happened pretty quick for me i was like oh oh it's on <laughs> yeah, yeah. i think i might have been more surprised than the rest of the sheep on that slope yeah. when he pulled that trigger finally yeah so yeah anyways he got up and he turned broadside 100 percent and i shot and then the whole 
herd kind of ran uphill away. No, they just sort of, they all ran up, like, they ran up, like, I don't know. What did they do? You probably have to look at what they did. They ran up, well, because you're on a scree slope, it seemed like, a, like all of a sudden, <laughs> like, mayhem broke out. Because you've got literally 23, 24 sheep that are freaking out running uphill and pushing rocks downhill. So it's been a mayhem for a bit, but um, it settled down. They, I would say they all ran uphill about 10 feet and stopped. Yeah. But lots of rocks were falling and sheep were moving. And then there was one sheep that wasn't... Actually, there were two sheep that weren't moving uphill. So, Well, the gentleman ran down a little bit. Down below us even more. And then there was a second one that was... I don't know if it was... There was one that was, was another bigger ram went downhill when everyone else went uphill, which was interesting. Yeah. So I, the, the, the gentleman kind of, I, 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 I hit him just through lungs. And so he ran downhill a bit and then, and he was still moving. So I, I shot him again and, and he went down hard. And then, and then he just rolled down the, down yeah. the slope. He went down hard. It was definitely done. Yeah. Which is awesome but also just like still like without without knowing without knowing like i mean he wasn't yeah. he wasn't clearly legal through he, he wasn't a tusker he wasn't like yeah yeah no you pull the trigger you know he's legal it's like it's like he still has to work there's out still some apprehension for sure totally man and like so i mean we knew he we knew he was dead uh, but we had to get down to him but it was cool watching like not number it was it no no it was wasn't no. number three went down to check on Joe yeah. And Joe there. Oh yeah, that was a bit. I don't know if anybody's ever shot, killed an animal with their peers around. It's it's different. It's a different yeah. feeling for sure when they're wondering what's going on and looking at mm -hmm. at their contemporaries, seeing what's happening. Totally. Mm -hmm. So it is worth mentioning though, like number two was definitely a legal ram, and of course now, like in a normal like. You know, the two of us hunting, and Jenny is in a situation where it's like, you want the rifle, Jenny? Because number two's just went twenty yards up, and now is yeah standing broadside. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, it wouldn't have been hard. It wouldn't have been hard to put number two on the ground. It would have been really hard to get number two out safely and responsibly. Mm -hmm in order to enjoy that meat. Yeah, as we are sitting here now, broken. Yeah. After two days, which we'll recap at another time. But um, So number two lives on. And yeah. uh, potentially, as a nine-year-old, next year might end up in my backpack. Maybe. If, uh, if I'm lucky and Stars align. Enough, it all works out. Yeah, totally. Anyways, it was awesome. We walked up on that ram, and he was clearly legal and beautiful, beautiful ram. Beautiful ram. And then uh, that was a nice moment. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I'm trying to think about like they say that there's a there's a there's a thing about like your your ram is born the year you start sheep hunting. So. If I, I probably started like dedicating weeks of sheep hunting probably 10 years ago. So, that, that works out. <laughs>
Yeah, it sure does. Either, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the heck, Spence? Jeez, man. Right on. All right, well, I think we should come back on this another time. We'll talk about the adventure of getting that meat. And I think it's an important discussion. From oh, yeah. To, uh, back to the butcher, yeah. which will be another conversation another day. But uh, thanks for doing this, guys. Yeah, what a pleasure. Awesome. Hey folks, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Now, we'd love to hear from you. So drop us a question either on our Instagram or email me directly at dylan at eatwild.ca and we'll do our best to answer that question on our future podcast or we might even build an entire podcast based on your questions. So thanks for doing that. So if you want to hear more from Eat Wild, you can come join us. We're doing a series of Eat Wild Learn to Hunt webinars. So we're getting together on a monthly basis, talking about all things hunting with a group of mentors through a webinar format. There are tons of fun. Come join us there. Now, if you happen to live in the Vancouver, Burst Columbia area, we do in-person workshops where we get together, learn fundamental skills for you to be a better hunter. Hope you can hang out for one of those too if you happen to be in the area. Now, we'd love it if you could leave a review or a comment wherever you listen to your podcast that'd be a great help to us and more importantly share this podcast with folks who care about the stuff we're talking about so thanks for doing that until next time eat well and wild well.